to the Quarantine Players Podcast. We are a group of writers, directors, and actors who had our productions canceled due to the pandemic. Each week, we'll read a new play and discuss it with a playwright, just like Shakespeare. We aspire to create new work during a global pandemic. Welcome to the Quarantine Players. Tonight, we're going to be reading a play entitled The Assumption of Hope, A New Dystopia, written by Tom David Barna. I'd now like the actors to introduce themselves and their characters. Hi, I'm Edsel Romero, and I'll be playing Jose Mendez. I'm Bryna Parlo, and I'll be playing Maria Mendez. I'm Christine Tankersley, and I'll be playing Eva Martinez. I'm John Roberts. I'm going to be playing Thomas Davids. I'm Mark Ammon. I'll be playing Martin Jameson. And I'm Scott Graham. I'll be playing the radio announcer. is Edward Caspian, the CEO of Caspian International. All right. Thank you. So we will begin. I am Barry Alguire reading the stage directions. The scene is an apartment complex in Greenwich Village, Manhattan, New York City, New York. The time is tomorrow. Act one. The setting is the Mendez apartment. A worn sofa, aged end tables with lamps, several floor lamps, wall light in the kitchen, coffee table, worn love seat, and two old Queen Anne chairs positioned at center stage. Windows covered in sheets are prominent. Dusty bookshelves on either side of the window. Atop one of the bookshelves is a crucifix as part of a small personal religious shrine. A trophy from Jose's high school track team is prominently on the shelf. A small studio kitchen is stage right. The apartment door is stage left. The door to the bathroom is upstage right. Half-empty plates of food and drink at food and drink glasses scattered throughout. A tall floor lamp plant is near the window. The stage is set in shades of gray and low lights. A small radio prominently set atop the coffee table. A baby bassinet is next to the sofa. Throughout the play, screams and gunshots can be sporadically heard from offstage behind the window intended to enhance the aura of fear and uncertainty. The lights flicker and dim throughout the performance. At rise, the pregnant Maria lies on the couch. <coughs> Jose is standing near the window, peeking out through the sheets, and Eva sits in the chair closest to Maria, holding Maria's hand. The stage is dark. The voice on the radio comes on. It is evening. This is the New York State Emergency Broadcast System. It is important information we will be disseminated in five, four, three, two. You are listening to the Emergency Broadcast System. 
This is the 38th day since the crisis began. The whereabouts of much of the state and federal government, including the president, is unclear. Radiation levels remain dangerously high. On the East Coast. If you reside in fallout prone zone, you are strongly encouraged to stay indoors in order to avoid excessive radiation exposure. We have also reports of possible biological and chemical airborne agents. Citizens are directed to keep all windows covered and closed and secu doors secured if possible. Use to cover windows and where possible. Make every attempt to ration water and electricity. Most importantly, avoid As previously reported, missile attacks were launched by most metropolitan hospitals will remain closed until it has been widely reported within the inner cities gangs of hoodlums and thugs are targeting the civilian population. Many such encounters have resulted in, if at all possible, stay indoors and keep your doors locked. This concludes this broadcast of the emergency broadcast system serving the next broadcast will be lights fade in. Eva reaches to turn off the radio. Leave it on. I, I don't want us to miss anything. We've missed enough already. Eva tends to a quiet Maria. Haven't we heard enough? Maria could do without the stress. Haven't we heard enough? It's okay. It's okay, little sister. We're home, baby. We're home. Jose, get Maria another blanket. Jose takes a blanket from one of the chairs and lays it lovingly over Maria. Jose goes to the kitchen, grabs a glass, and turns on the faucet. Water is out again. Hell, who needs water anyway? The lights flicker. Jose sits on the floor at the foot of Maria. He is clearly exhausted. The lights flicker. Power's going out again. Jose, is it really necessary to give us a play-by-play -play every time something happens? We all know about the water and the electricity and the heat and the air conditioning. And it's just a matter of time before the building's emergency generator craps out. I just thought you'd like to know, but whatever. Anyway, how's she doing? Resting finally, thank God. But it won't be for long now. That baby of yours is a real fighter. Eva sits in the chair next to Jose. I'd like to think. Static from the radio. <laughs> Silence. Our reception sucks. <sighs> what were you saying? Why would they close the hospitals? Especially now. What are people supposed to do? I wish I'd found that freaking radio earlier. Who knows what we've missed? For all we know, we're in the middle of some really bad fallout. Jose adjusts the antenna on the radio. At this point, it's imperative that we make an effort to listen for broadcasts. We can't afford to miss anything else. We should at least contact the police and let them know we have an emergency situation. And how do we do that, Eva? The phones don't work. Our cars don't work. Maybe you can flag down an officer on the street. I'm sure they'd be willing to help or to tell us where to go. When was the last time we saw a cop, huh? 
The streets are filled with thugs and murderers. It's too dangerous. There must be a hospital open somewhere in the city. I can't believe they're all closed. We should have left the city and headed up to the mountains when they told us to. Without a car? How were we supposed to get to the mountains? On foot? And with a baby on the way? If you ask me, being here in your own apartment is best for us and for the baby. I'm sure hospitals will open up somewhere. The government has a responsibility to the people, right? At this point, it may be every man for himself. I don't understand. How can the government not be out there doing something during all of this madness? Maybe they're all dead. I'm thinking there are a lot of dead people out there. Maybe with this fallout crap, it's just a matter of time for the rest of us. We can't give up hope, right? We can't. Jose tends to Eva and then returns to the sleeping Maria. No, you're right. There's always hope. And I do feel safer here, especially with the baby coming. Familiarity brings a little peace of mind, and Lord knows we need it. We're lucky to have you, Ava. I don't know what I'd do if you weren't here. The lights flicker and the radio comes on. Don't forget to take cover when seeing a large flash over the... I don't know which is scarier. Those horrible radio announcements or the uncertainty all around us. We still have each other. Jose kisses Maria on the forehead. And more importantly, a beautiful baby will be born into this house. New babies are always a good sign. Jose goes back to the kitchen and again turns on the water. Jackpot! The water's back on. Contaminated or not, we have water. Jose fills a glass, looks at its dark color, and drinks it quickly. He offers water to Eva, who waves it off. We should fill as many containers as we can before it shuts off again. If I'm going to deliver a baby, I'll need plenty of water. Can you deliver a baby? Do you know how? I've seen it done, but to be honest, if I don't, who will? Unless you have another idea. No, I don't. He looks out the window. It's definitely not safe out there. The gangs are in charge now. They decide who comes and goes. Jose walks over to the small shrine and crosses himself. Benny told me he thinks it will get much worse before it ever gets better. He's heard of an outbreak of strange diseases in some of the burrows, especially amongst the children. What kind of madman unleashes this on innocent people? Benny thinks the city buildings actually protect us from a lot of the radiation. He says some of us have already been exposed to lethal levels and not even know it. Jose looks in the mirror and runs his hands through his hair. I think my hair is thinning out. Benny doesn't know any more than we do. And your hair looks as beautiful as ever. Don't sweat it. You still look hot, little brother. <laughs> Eva goes about the kitchen and looks in the cabinets, making a mental inventory of their contents. <sighs> Our food won't last forever. Thank God for the black market. Money is becoming irrelevant, so I need to figure out what we have to barter. Eva sits on the sofa at the foot of Maria. This is a test of our fate. Maybe it's our destiny. What destiny? This could be the end of the world. Did you ever think about this? No government, contaminated water, no food. Jose, you shouldn't speak like that. This is not the end. Your wife is lying here getting ready to bring a new life into this world. Your baby will need you. Your wife will need you. I need you. 
I don't know what will or won't happen, but this can't be the end. I, I refuse to believe such things. No, Jose, we will survive somehow. We hear explosions outside on the street. Jose looks out the window. I hear you, Ava, but I don't see it. We need you to be strong. You're all we have. <laughs> Maria screams and Eva turns to Maria and feels for the baby. Jose gently kisses Maria on the forehead. Start filling containers with water and put out all the blankets, pull out all the blankets and towels from the cabinets and closets. And can all this doom and gloom talk. I don't want Maria to hear you talking like this. Eva exits stage right to the bathroom. Sure. Easier said than done, but maybe she's right. I won't let you down, honey. I'm here for you. Jose sits on the chair closest to Maria as gunshots ring in the distance and the lights flicker from outside the window. God, if this is the end, make it quick. This is not the end, Jose. Jose moves in closer to Maria and kisses her. Eva enters from the bathroom with towels and a bag. She tends to Maria, who has fallen back to sleep. It won't be long now. You keep saying that. Loud knocks at the front door startled Jose and Eva. Jose jumps to his feet and approaches the door cautiously. He peers through the peephole. Go away, we don't have anything. Go away. The knocking persists and awakens Maria. I have a gun, go away. Who is it? What gun? Who's at the door? Sister, help me sit up. Eva helps Maria to sit up on the sofa with the blankets wrapped around her. Who is it, Jose? Is it Angie and the boys? Shh! I don't know, but it's not Angie. The knocking continues. Gunfire is heard from outside the window. Ask them what they want. No! We know what they want. Eva, help me move the chairs in front of the door, but quietly. The knocking continues as Jose and Eva move the two Queen Anne chairs in front of the door. Maybe they'll go away. They want our food. This is really scaring me. Come sit next to me, Eva. The knocking continues. Eva sits on the sofa with Maria. Jose hesitantly looks through the peephole in the door. Can you see them? Yeah, T two men in, in overcoats. The knocking gets louder. Go away! I told you I have a gun. I will use it if I have to. Don't make me use my gun. Jose looks for the people again. He quickly pulls away. I think one of them saw me. How can they see you? My eye, they saw my eye. The knocking starts again and abruptly stops. Jose looks again through the peephole. Oh dear God, I know who it is. How do you know who they are? I have never seen them before. Eva goes to the door and looks through the peephole. She turns to Jose and speaks in hushed tones. It's the INS. No, it's not. I tell you, it's the INS. They're here to take me back. The knocking resumes. If you don't remember Juarez, I certainly do. This is how it begins. Knocking on the door by strangers and me ending up in handcuffs. Please trust me, Jose. Those are agents pounding on our door. They've come for me again. Jose looks again through the peephole. Eva walks frantically about the apartment. I don't think so. Think about it, Eva. When the country under attack and no government to speak of, INS agents are not out and about looking for illegals. If they're not all dead already, they'd certainly be home with their families. Nobody cares about us anymore. 
knocking again. Jose, please don't let them take me. <sighs> Come here, sis. Hold my hand. Jose won't let them in. Regardless of who they are or aren't, I'm not opening this door. Jose, what are they doing now? Jose looks again. Just talking to each other, and one held up a big bag for me to see. What is it? Oh my god, it's a bomb! Why would the INS have a bomb? So you agree with me, it's the INS? No, just trying to help us make sense of all this. If we hold out long enough, maybe they'll just leave. Maybe. Jose continues looking through the peephole. Jose, I, I had another one of those dreams. Shh. What kind of dreams, honey? Not now. We need to stay focused. These dreams are quite beautiful, Jose. I felt so at peace. The three angels explained to me how everything would be fine in time. I felt a real sense of renewal, not just for us, but for the entire world. It's just like starting over. Starting over from what? Can we talk about this later? Right now, we have a more pressing issues to deal with, and they're on the other side of this door. Jose looks again. Now they're sitting in the hallway. Do they look sick? Maybe they're sick. We should help them if they're sick and- They're not sick, Maria. They're just sitting there and talking back and forth. No, wait. Now one of them is lying down. I'm telling you, they're sick. I don't think so. Looks like they're just taking a nap or something. What if it's the radiation? The other guy's smoking a cigarette. Get a good look. Do they look familiar to you? Maybe they know you from the plant or are friends of- No, I can't say I've ever seen them before. Maybe they're- um, No, they're not. Maria begins to have repeated contractions. She is in labor pain. <sighs> Lay down, baby. It will help. Governments around the world are failing. Another inbound missiles from- Knocking again at the door. Jose, I need more towels. Eva prepares to deliver the baby, but the contractions cease and Maria relaxes. Another false alarm. We need to be ready. I will need more water. The lights flicker, gunshots are heard from off stage. Jose brings water and towels to the sofa. What can I do? Pray. Pray that your baby will be born healthy. Pray that the madness of the world will stay outside. The knocking suddenly stops. The stage is silent. Jose, find me the scissors from the kitchen. Clean them as best you can. Jose goes to the kitchen, finds the scissors, and frantically cleans them before handing them to Eva. Jose stands in silence before the living room shrine. He crosses himself. Dear God, don't abandon us, don't abandon us in, this, in this hour of need. Maria remains silent. Jose rushes to the sofa. Ava, is something wrong? I don't think so, no. Maybe it's not quite time yet. Your baby definitely has a mind of his own. Jose grabs one of the chairs at the door and places it next to the sofa. He sits on the chair, occasionally returning to the door and looking through the peephole. After a while, Jose begins to fill more pots and pans with water. He searches and finds old towels and cloths from the kitchen cabinets, folds them and places them on the coffee table. He picks up all the dirty dishes and places them in the sink of the kitchen. He continues to occasionally return to the peephole in the door, back to the chair. Suddenly, loud banging begins again on the front door. 
Jose is startled and jumps to his feet. Can't you make them stop? Crap, now there are three of them. No, wait, one is leaving. Probably going to get more help. If they want to break down this door, not, there's not a thing we can do. The knocking continues. Jose looks again through the peephole. He suddenly pulls away. You and I both know what we need to do. They're here for me, Jose. Perhaps it would be best for everyone if I just gave myself up. Don't be ridiculous. Besides, who will deliver the baby? You don't expect me to do it? <laughs> hey, wait. They're pulling stuff out of their bags. Huh? Y yeah, they're, they're definitely not INS, Ava. These guys are one of the mill thugs. That must be the stuff they robbed from others. Just like I thought, they're only here to steal from us and add to their booty. We don't have anything. We don't know that. Jose notices Maria stirring on the sofa and goes to her. Jose, it's just like my dreams. No, baby. Those are dreams and this is real. But those men... I, I think they're here to rob us, Maria. I could see the loot they've stolen from others. But maybe Ava has a point. We don't have anything of value for them to take. It, it has to be a case of mistaken identity. Maybe they've cased the wrong apartment. Yeah, that's it. They're at the wrong place. If they knew who we really are, they might leave. Quick, Ava, give me a piece of paper and a pen. Eva looks in several drawers and finally finds some paper and a pen and gives them to Jose. Jose begins writing. Jose, I know it's them. Save your strength. What are you writing? Jose finishes his note and hands it to Eva, who reads it aloud. We think you might have made a mistake and staked out the wrong apartment. We are the Mendez family, the eight. Eight? Strength in numbers, right? Might give them pause. Oh. The eight of us are ill from the radiation and have accepted our plight. Our plight? We don't have any food or water and are desperate enough to use our guns. Please go and leave us alone to die in peace. Jose takes the note from Eva and shoves it underneath the door and knocks on the door hard to attract the attention of the men. He looks through the peephole. One of them is coming towards the door. Good. He's picked up the note and he's reading it to the others. Good, good. What are they doing now? The one guy is sprawled out on the floor again. I think he's going back to sleep. The other guy stuffed our note into his pocket. So they're not leaving? No. But that doesn't mean they won't. I'm sure that once they realize their mistake, they'll- Okay. Yeah, baby. Can I speak to you for a minute? Privately? I need to wash a few towels. Jose sits on the sofa at the feet of Maria. Eva exits to the bathroom. What's up, baby? Would you like some more pillows? No, I'm fine, thank you. Jose, our visions mean something. We both know it. I believe those men on the other side of the door are here to help us. But what if they aren't here to help us? What if they want to hurt us? Just consider the possibility. I know there's a possibility, but... Let me finish. I didn't want to bring this up before, but after speaking to Benny, I'm convinced we're all suffering from the effects of the fallout. He says extended exposure to the radiation starts to break down our internal organs, which includes our brain. Exposure causes memory loss or even hallucinations. It's obvious you and I are suffering from some of those side effects. And poor Ava is showing the same symptoms. That whole INS thing, 
As for you, baby, your dreams are nothing more than wishful delusions. Benign for sure, but no more than a fantasy caused by the fallout. In a way, it's kind of a coping mechanism. Visits from angels doesn't make sense. I mean, does it? Those men on the other side of the door are probably suffering from the fallout themselves. And I feel for them. Really, I do, but my job is to protect you and our son, and I will do whatever it takes. I, I love you, baby, but... Maria again begins labor pains. Eva enters and tends to Maria, again preparing for the birth. Eva occasionally pats Maria's forehead with a washcloth dipped in water. How are you feeling, baby? Bless you, Eva, for being here. Thank you. Maria continues in birthing pains and then relaxes. The contractions have stopped again. Is that normal? I think so. We'll just have to continue placing our faith in God. Is there anything I can do? Gunshots are heard through the window. Jose returns to the chair closest to Maria and holds her hand. Mr. Mendez? Mr. Mendez? Mr. Mendez, can you hear me? What? Who? Mr. Mendez? Jose gets off the sofa and approaches the door. They know our names? Only the INS no, would know our names. Under the door, remember? What do you want? Can you just leave us alone? We're sick. We're here to see the baby. The baby? Jose peeks through the peephole and walks about the stage. He checks again through the peephole and heads to the window to look outside, contemplating a need to escape. They know about the baby? Maybe they've been stalking us. Jose returns to the peephole. They're sitting down again. No, wait, the older one is leaving again. What are we gonna do? What can we do? The president has been sworn in. New president? And it's leading the government from a secure location. Never very careful, are they? The truth seldom is. I wonder who the new president is. What happened to the last president? Not that it matters, I guess. You know, I've been thinking that Maria might be right. Maybe those men in the hallway are just needing a safe place to stay, to get away from the fallout. What if all they want is something to eat? I thought you were all freaked out about the INS. These aren't hungry fellows looking for a handout. These guys are targeting our baby for something nefarious. Let's keep that in mind. You know who they are, Jose. No, I don't. Jose, what if they're good men? The Christian thing to do would be to welcome them into our home, as humble as it may be. They want to take our baby. Maria has another contraction. Eva, Eva, I think it's time. Eva makes her final preparation for delivering the baby. Just saying, Jose, I hope someone would let us into their apartment if the roles were reversed. Yeah, maybe. We are here for the child. Door and softly speaks to Martin through it. You are mistaken. There is no baby here. You have the wrong apartment. Go away. We are here to pay homage. We, we've traveled a great distance to witness his birth. More importantly, we are here to warn you that you and your family are in danger. Oh, shit. He's still in labor pains. Please allow us to enter and we will share everything we have with you. We've brought special gifts for the child. Go away, now. Please. This conversation is over, go away. Maria has a loud set of labor pains 
Jose rushes to her side and takes her hand. Please allow us to see the child, please. Intense gunfire and explosions can be heard outside the window, more so than at any other point in the play. They're coming, Jose. Dear God, they're coming. Lights down. A baby is heard crying. End of Act One. Act Two. The setting is the same as the first act. At rise, Maria is asleep on the sofa. Eva sits at her feet. Jose, holding the sleeping baby, looks out the window. It's morning. The stage is empty and dark, other than light shining through the window blinds. Gunshots and explosions can be heard from off stage. Jose turns on a few of the gentle lights in the apartment and returns to look out the window. The lights come up. Wow, look at those dark clouds. Looks like rain. Doesn't smell like rain, but it looks like rain. Rain impregnated with radiation. Lucky us. Rain should be pure and clean. Yeah, a little rain like that couldn't hurt. I just wish it would rain hard. Jose kisses the baby and hands it gently to Eva. Whatever happens, whatever happens. Returning to the window, Jose begins to weep softly. Suddenly, Jose hears a scuffle from the hallway. He looks through the peephole. So now you know, there is a baby and you will never Jose returns to Maria and kisses her gently on the forehead. Jose sits in the chair nearest Maria. He is exhausted. Maria awakens. Eva places the baby in Maria's arms and Maria begins to breastfeed. Now we have two babies in the family. <laughs> Jose brings the chair near the door to the sofa. Eva sits in the chair. I can hardly keep my eyes open. If anyone deserves a little shut-eye, it's you. My very own Saint Ava. <laughs> I'll keep my eyes on them, I promise. Go ahead and catch them, Zeeves. <laughs> Saint Ava. Patron saint of the irradiated and trapped. <laughs> what about our friends outside? Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. They're gone. You forgot to tell me? Eva gets up and goes to the door and looks through the peephole. Wonder why they left. Not that it matters. I'm thinking this might be a good time to walk the neighborhood and look for supplies. Maybe, maybe diapers. I shouldn't be long. You're gonna leave us here? Alone? Bad idea. What if those men come back? What am I supposed to do, Eva? You said so yourself. We'll need food and whatever else I can find. Don't leave us just yet. Let's just wait a bit and make sure they're gone for good. Jose looks for his jacket and prepares to leave. I really need some sleep, Jose. And you know I won't sleep a wink if you're gone. Of course. I'm being selfish. Get some sleep. Shopping can wait. Eva looks in on the baby and returns to the chair. Good. And despite what you think, I'm not suffering from INS delusions. I guess you heard. Big sis hears everything. And I love you all the same. Jose kisses Eva on the forehead. Eva falls asleep quickly. Flashing lights from gunfire in the street can be seen through the window. Jose sits in a chair, picks up an old magazine, and attempts to read before he too dozes off. 
Sounds of people talking in the hallway can be heard through the front door. Fast asleep, Eva and Jose don't notice the commotion. Maria awakens, gets off the sofa, places the baby in the bassinet, and gently caresses the sleeping Jose. She finds a blanket to cover Eva. Maria is startled by a gentle knocking at the front door. Approaching the door, she hesitates before unlocking the door and greeting the three strangers, each holding bundles and smiling warmly. Martin steps inside, stage left, and removes his hat. Good morning. I am Martin, and this is Thomas and Edward. Hello, I am Maria. Won't you come in? Thomas and Edward enter stage left, carrying their heavy bundles before placing them at the foot of the small shrine. Ah, I see that your husband and... My sister, Ava. ...are sound asleep. I hope we're not intruding. Jose begins to stir. Thomas approaches the bassinet. And your baby, also fast asleep. Truly a godsend. Jose jumps to his feet. Dear God, Maria, you let them into the apartment? Leave the apartment immediately. I have a gun. Jose, we're not here to harm you or your family. We're here to praise the child. Uh, have you named him yet? I'm warning you. I have a gun and I know how to use it. A startled Eva awakens, jumps to her feet, and grabs the sleeping baby from the bassinet and stands near the bathroom door. Jose, stop being so ridiculous. We don't have a gun. Maria! Please, come in and sit down. Ava, Ava, what's wrong with you? Stop being so rude. We had guests. Put the baby in the bassinet. He's such a good baby. No, we haven't named him yet. Jose, stop acting silly and pour these men something to drink. Uh, please sit and tell us what you know. Tell us the news of the world. <laughs> I never thought I'd miss Fox News. And you look like men who know things. What would you like to know? The three men each peek in on the baby before sitting on the sofa and chairs. They locks the front door. Start with anything and everything? Who's in charge? Do you think it will ever be safe again? Are you from here? The city or... Listen to me. I have a thousand questions. Honey, put the baby down and come join us. Jose reluctantly pours three waters for the men and places them on the coffee table. Maria hands the glasses to the men. Eva places the baby in the bassinet and sits on the sofa next to Maria, who sits nearest the bassinet. Jose returns to the kitchen. I'm afraid the worst is yet to come. We've heard rumors of additional attacks and with even more lethal consequences. More lethal than nuclear fallout? I find that hard to believe. One of you mentioned being here to take our baby. I'm uh, afraid you misunderstood us. We, we aren't here to take your child, but rather to praise him and to assist you in any way that we can before we return to our families. There are dangerous forces in the city intending to do you harm. You don't know our child. No one does. Praising my ass. You've been stalking us, haven't you? Why are you really here? Jose! These men have been threatening us all night, Maria. They pounded on our door, said they were here to take our baby. If you haven't- You'll have to forgive Jose. He's very protective of his little family and we love him for it, but he's a little paranoid. 
and perhaps rightly so. Maria, Jose is right. We don't know these men, although this one looks familiar to me. From the wall at the post office? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> so how do I know you? I am Martin, uh, Martin Jameson. You've probably seen me on television. You're on a soap opera, aren't you? It's General Hospital. It is, isn't it? <laughs> well, in a way, a soap opera for sure. Uh, perhaps I should formally introduce us. I am, <clears throat> was, a justice on the U.S. Supreme Court. This is Thomas Davids, a tenured professor at Penn State. Was. Uh, of course, was a tenured professor. We're all still trying to get used to our new job, if, if you can call it that. <laughs> Hell, I don't even know what day it is. Well, I think we're all a bit overwhelmed. Uh, what new job? To praise this child, to bring him gifts, and offer advice and protection. Again with the praise. Grown men don't praise babies they've never met. Well, oh, you might be right, okay? Praise is probably the wrong word. Um, is worship a better word? I mean, I never realized that we'd have to explain ourselves to them. I assumed that it would be understood. I can see why Jose is anxious. Sorry we pounded on that on the door. That must have really scared all of you. It was our understanding that you knew we were coming, which confused us when you hesitated to let us in. And I am Edward Caspian. I was once the CEO of a small tech company in Seattle. Caspian International. Hardly small, Edward. And you are Eva and Jose and Maria and baby with no name. Not yet. To worship? Seriously? You want to worship a baby? You realize how that sounds? Like a cult or something? I'm sorry, babe, but these guys are sounding Looney Tunes. Surely you see that. And how is it that you seem to know us? Did someone send you? Perhaps someone we know? Continued gunshots and flashes of light can be heard through the window. In a way, yes. I, I guess you could say we were sent. And, and like I said, we were under the impression that you knew we were coming. Needless to say, this has all happened rather quickly. Martin walks about the room. Five weeks ago, the three of us were strangers to one another. I was on my way to a law conference in Jersey when the bombs started falling. I was on sabbatical in Rome, New York, uh, doing research for a project. I was on vacation at Lake George when the flashes in the sky began. Once the bombs started falling, each of us found ourselves separated from our families and quite anxious to return to them. I got no further than the outskirts of town before my rental car stopped dead in its tracks. I'm guessing it had something to do with that EMP thing. In any case, I was stranded in the middle of nowhere. My hotel was on an island. Like these guys, I found myself stranded and wanting desperately to get home to my family. My story is similar. And of course, it didn't help matters when the cell phone networks died. No phones, no email, no internet. Like everyone else, I was cut off from the world and the ones I loved until I started receiving strange text messages. 
We all did. Despite the dead networks, each of us started receiving texts from an unknown source. Oh, and, and get this. My phone battery was dead, and yet I too received text messages. What did they say? Jose gets up and walks about the room. I'm sympathetic to your situation, really I am, especially being apart from your families. But what does any of this have to do with us? If I were in your shoes, I'd forget all this mumbo jumbo and do whatever it took to get home to your families. The first text message I received contained an unfamiliar address here in New York City. Just whose address we were receiving was also a mystery to me. I hoped it was one of my children telling me I, I might where I might find them. As it turned out, it was your address to this apartment. And trust me, I do not want to go home to my family. I do want to go home to my family. We all do, but, but first things first. It's obviously a hoax of some sort. It makes no sense. Right, Jose? It makes no sense. May I refill your glasses? I'll do it. How's the baby? Jose retrieves a pitcher from the kitchen and begins to refill glasses. Maria peeks at the baby and looks back at Jose with a smile. Sorry for the polluted water. It's all we have. You guys have to admit, this is a whopper of a story. There's more. Please go on. I find it fascinating. At first, I ignored the text. The address meant nothing to me. Nor me. I, I tossed my phone into my satchel and thought nothing more about it until my dead phone started ringing off the hook. I answered it, of course, but no one was there. I seriously considered tossing it in the trash can, but had second thoughts. Well, uh, what if my family attempted to call me on my dead phone? After placing it back in the bag, it started ringing all over again, only louder. So out of the bag, no ringing, in the bag, well, you get the point. Happened to me too, pretty much the same way Martin described it. And then each of us started receiving a new text message. Take your gifts to the child, followed by a repeat of the address from the first text. Seriously? It's not like we were sending messages to ourselves, Jose. They came to us. From who? We didn't know. Maria, are you buying any of this? Remember what I said about the effects of fallout contamination? I think these guys have it bad. Jose, why are you fighting this? What good is it to deny these things that we both know to be true? Don't we, dear? Not me. I don't believe any of it. Don't or won't? Honey, think about it. I mean, really think about what it is they are saying. Magic phones, secret messages, praising babies. It just isn't true. You need to trust me on this. It's in our best interest to proceed with caution. Jose, what happened to your faith? Please sit down, relax, maybe hold the baby. But stop making it difficult for these honorable men. We know why you're here. I've had three visions. Dreams. Jose, sleeping baby, and sits down on the sofa. Call them what you want, but let it be known Jose has also had them. Maria! Gentlemen, finish your story, please. I don't know. I think I'm more interested in hearing more about your dreams. I guess, in a way, we did know you were coming, or that someone was coming. I don't remember a lot of details, but 
honestly, I'd like to hear more about your journey. I agree with Maria. We can talk about our dreams later. Now you're saying you've had dreams as well? Thomas, please go on. I thought long and hard about the mysterious address being texted to us and came to the conclusion that, that somehow it must be important. And just like that, poof, there it was. What, another message? A car. I stumbled across an empty car just idling in the street with every other car in the city dead to the world. Here stood my magic chariot. Looking around and, and seeing no one, I opened the door and jumped in and drove away. <laughs> yes, I, I actually stole a car. In my particular case, I needed a boat first to get off the island, and with a bit of good fortune, found a man with a sailboat willing to ferry me across the lake. Upon reaching the other side, I jumped out of the boat and began what I assumed would be a long walk. My phone again started ringing, displaying a new message. Take your gifts to the child. And like Thomas, I came across an idling car in the middle of the road and not a soul in sight. And in my idling car, I discovered a large bundle in the back seat. I opened it only to discover what had to be nearly a hundred gold coins, uh, various pieces of gold jewelry and a, a small gold tiara. Uh, take your gifts to the child. I placed the bundle on the floor in front with me and drove off in the direction of New York City. I didn't find gold, but my mysterious bag of goodies was just a sweet, containing seven bottles of perfume and a small wooden box of incense, very ornate. The jet stream continues to pound the East Coast with heavy fallout from... That doesn't sound so good. Anyway, a cardboard box in my car contained a burlap sack filled with carefully wrapped bottles of olive oil, maple syrup, and wax candles. An odd assortment, to say the least. Not needing any more convincing, I put the pedal to the metal and headed for the Big Apple. Yeah, we could bore you with the details of the trip here, each of us facing harrowing moments and seemingly impossible obstacles to overcome. There like was washed out bridges. Running out of gas. Thousands of corpses in the road. Electrical storms. But the point being, we made it to your building. And as we were told, we came here to present our gifts to the child and protect you. Told by whom? I'm a little foggy on who the ringleader is for this magical mystery tour. You still have the answer to that one. We didn't actually meet each other until we huddled in your hallway. Martin and I arrived about the same time, both wondering aloud if, if we had arrived for the same reason. And if so, it still seemed so implausible if- uh... Others were, like us, were heading this way to do the, this thing. We knew there might be those who attempted to stop us or to hurt you before we arrived. The gangs? It's military. The mayor. the mayor. We were extremely hesitant, even fearful. We climbed the stairs to your apartment, not really certain how we should present ourselves or really what we would find. I, I for one, thought you would be welcoming us with open arms. Perhaps it was 
something I needed to believe. I was the last to arrive, and upon finding these two bums taking residence on the floor in your hallway, I must say, I was relieved. I mean, who wouldn't question their own sanity? A desperate man living in desperate times following the mis mysterious instructions on his cell phone. It was a relief to discover I wasn't alone in this peculiar quest. Somehow, I knew that there would be others. What's your inspiration to complete this uh, quest? Oh, a really great question. Now, I am not a religious man, but to tell you the truth, I didn't feel I had a choice in any of this. I was being driven by an almost, well, call it divine obligation to see this through. As we discovered, each of us had similar feelings and emotions. We waited in the hall, not knowing who else would come, either good or evil. And driving through the boroughs in the only operating car drew a lot of attention from the people in the streets, including the city mayor. His armed guard waved me down. The mayor, Samuel Magnus, flagged me down too. He feigned curiosity as how I had a working car, and after eyeing the bag in my car, he pretended to care about what I might be hauling. It's like he already knew. Oh, he did. Don't ask me how, but he knew everything. I'm not afraid to admit it, but that man scared the hell out of me. He had bloodshot eyes, coal black hair, wore a ton of jewelry that, boy, must have had a gallon of cologne on him. He was a smooth talker, to say the least. Almost charming and overly courteous. And his little posse jumped to his every command. I imagine a million obvious questions, but the purpose of my clearly odd visit to the Big Apple in a working car was not one of them. He might have asked for our papers or vehicle registration. He never did. He did, though, keep asking about a baby. Our baby? I, I told him I knew nothing about a baby other than to say I was coming to see a new grandson. I mean, come on, we're in the middle of a nuclear fallout. I'm driving the only operating car in the city, and he's buying my story about a family visit? He made it way too easy. I said I was visiting a nephew. I said godson. Since I suspected he knew everything, I played along with his charade, as he did mine. Truth is, he didn't care. But from that moment on, I felt like his little minions were just one step behind me for the rest of my trip. Dear Lord, why would the mayor care or even know about our baby? Could he have been the one sending you the text messages? That occurred to me initially, but I don't think so. I had the strangest feeling that someone else was, something else was going on. Like Martin said, the mayor and his goons were surprisingly cordial. Oh, which frightened me even more. Something was definitely up. I was surprised he didn't try to confiscate my car. He asked for the address of my grandson, and when I hesitated, he offered instead to assist with anything that I might need, recommending an escort. I politely declined, and he gave me his business card. <laughs> In a world gone mad, who hands out business cards? Maria had her dreams. I had a couple of my own. Can't say I remember much, but that mayor fellow was definitely in one of them. And as much as I seemed to recognize him, he too appeared to know me. 
Jose hands the baby back to Maria and he walks about the apartment. Two months ago, I was a mechanic in a bicycle plant. I had just gotten a raise, which with the baby on the way, seemed like a real godsend. We were helping Ava find an apartment in a building. I bought a bassinet, Maria painted some, planted some tomatoes on the fire escape, and I had just discovered a Merino gelato. <laughs> Marina loves her ice cream. And then the bombs started flying. Life became tenuous, and strangers came knocking on our door with stories that would curl the hair on your back. This is our life. We have a baby. Yes, we have a baby. A beautiful baby, and still we have three strange men with a strange tale under the oddest of circumstances sitting here in our apartment. The choice is either accept all of this as being for real or pushing back until a better explanation falls in our lap. Sirs, how do we know there aren't more men coming our way with their own fantastic story? You're right. There might be more men coming this way, or women, for that matter. We don't know. But let it be known, none of us chose this. I, for one, would rather be with my family. I, I understand your pushback, Jose. I, I Really, I do. And yet, here we are, trapped in a small apartment in the middle of a world crisis, each spinning a tale that any man would find clearly impossible to believe. Even I had my doubts. Some serious doubts. Jose is right to have some suspicions. It's in his nature, but not me. I'm comforted by your presence. If, if we take a deep breath and allow ourselves to just... It has occurred to me that all of this feels a bit familiar, doesn't it? Thomas goes over to the sofa, sits next to Maria, still holding the baby, and places his arm around her. Trust me, it was not lost on any of us, the similarity between the biblical story of the nativity and our journey to lavish praises on a child unbeknownst to us, text messages and all. I endeavored to make that particular connection with history. It would have been too overwhelming. Personally, I found some inner peace in making that distinction. I am not a brave man, and I have never thought of myself as righteous. But by being here with you, Maria, I am finally comforted. I can't explain why. Maria hands the baby to Edward, who lovingly coddles the child. And these are for you and the child. Thomas stands, retrieves their bundles, empties their contents carefully while placing them at the foot of the bassinet. Edward places the baby in the bassinet. Oh my! Jose moves to inspect the contents. In the days ahead, these things might make more sense. We're not really sure of their significance. Providence is responsible for their delivery. We just stole the cars and all the belongings they're in. <laughs> I'm not sure we should accept your gifts, but thank you all the same. I will offer prayers that you might find your own families. Loud commotion can be heard from the street. Martin looks out the window through the sheets. He found us. Who found us? He probably followed us. Who's found us? the mayor, or whoever, or whatever he really is. He and his goons will try to hurt the baby. Of that, I am certain. How do you know this? I, I too, had dreams. We should all leave immediately while we still can. No, we have no place to go. We just had a baby. 
I'm thinking maybe the three of you should go. Jump in your cars. Our, our cars no longer work. We'll need to literally make a run for it. Thomas is right. We need to leave now. Jose, your family needs to find a new hiding place. The mayor will not stop until he gets what he wants. Eva quickly begins placing all the gifts back in their bags. The baby. You've never clarified why he wants our baby. But how does taking our baby help him? I, I don't know. I believe your baby represents something, something new, perhaps a new beginning, and the mayor will have none of it. Why this baby? Or are you telling me he plans to kidnap every new child in the city? I don't think he plans to kidnap anyone's baby. No? I think he's intent on killing every newborn. And before you ask, that was also part of my dream. An angel foretold that such things would happen. It's too horrible to imagine. Noises from an angry mob can be heard outside. Jose looks out the window. The mob outside is getting louder and bigger. I see about a dozen well-armed men in uniforms heading this way. There's over a hundred apartments in this building. They'll never find it, us. It doesn't matter. They'll inspect every one of them until they find us. Well, what do we do? Jose, what do we do? For now, we need to start pushing furniture up against the door. Turn out the lights and lay low. This is a mistake. We, sh we should leave. Not yet. I need to think this through. Come on, if nothing else, humor me and help me block the door. The men start moving furniture up against the door. Jose dims the lights. The three strangers take to sitting on the floor and speaking in hushed tones. Everyone else is frozen in place as voices can now be heard in the hallway. The radio suddenly makes a loud announcement. This will be the last broadcast. Jose frantically reaches for the radio and turns it off. They're a back exit to the apartment complex. Yes, but it... Great. I have an idea. Maria, can you and Eva loan us some of your clothes, perhaps an overcoat and some headscarves? What is your plan? Eva goes to a dresser in the closet to pull out the requested items and hands them to Edward. Edward and Thomas pull on the clothes and make every attempt to look like two women. Edward stuffs his shirt so he looks like he's pregnant. They won't know that the baby has been born. Jose, I will need one of your jackets, some sunglasses, perhaps, and a baseball cap if you have one. Jose acquires the requested items from a closet and gives them to Martin, who immediately dons them. This is your plan? It just might work, and the three of us need to be ready to leave at a moment's notice. To where? The three men stand at the front door and talk quietly among the themselves. Let's head to Marino. They were very nice to us, and... And now we're fugitives. After we pig out on ice cream, where would we go? Your cousin's cabin. On foot? Jose, stop throwing up roadblocks at every turn. We need you to get us wherever we're going safely and quickly. Can you do that? Check that. I know you can do it. We need you, baby. We'll create a diversion and do our best uh, at outrunning the goons while the three of you slip out the back. I wish I was in better shape. God will be with you. I believe you. Jose, come help us pack. Jose assists in the packing. Martin approaches Maria. I hope one day we will meet again. Loud shouting can be heard from outside the window. God be with you. Thank you for everything. I believe we will meet again. 
Martin and Thomas move the furniture away from the door. Edward turns on several of the apartment lights. Jose goes over to the shrine and picks up his track trophy, reads the inscription to himself, and places the trophy back on the shelf. Guys, I was thinking, I'm probably the fastest runner in the bunch. If it's a diversion we want to make, I say, can the pregnant woman love and let's make a baby bundle. I will carry the baby and join two of you in the diversion. The third will stay with Maria, Ava and the baby, and take the back exit. At the last minute, I will make a break for it and run like holy hell. Them boys will never catch me, and the rest of you can escape safely. We'll meet up at Amorino's. No, baby, what if they catch you? I can't do this without you. Your plan makes sense, Jose, but Maria is right. You need to stay together as a family if this is going to work. Besides, those goons will probably let us all go once the jig is up. I still say I can outrun everyone. Stay with your family. They need you. Give us five minutes before making for the back exit. Good luck. More loud shouting can be heard from outside the window. All right, fellas. It's now or never. With child in tow, Maria hugs the three men as they cautiously exit stage left through the front door. Each man peeks in on the baby before exiting. With the exception of a few nightlights, Jose turns out the remaining lights and stands by the window peering out. The three men are gone. Maria closes the door. I'll be with you. Loud shouting erupts again from outside the window. There they go. And the mayor's men are chasing after them. Quick, we need to leave. Jose and Eva grab the suitcases and bundles and, ex and, bundles and exit stage left through the front door. Maria, with the baby, makes one last stop in front of her small apartment shrine, kisses the cross, places it in her bag, crosses herself, and begins to exit stage left through the front door. Oh, my little Jesus. I will watch over you, and God will watch over us. Baby Jesus, an entire world awaits you. Maria makes her final exit stage left through the front door. The stage is dark, except for a few nightlights. The stage is quiet. Flashes and gunshots can be heard through the window. A scream and men shouting can be heard. Curtain. End of play. Bravo. Nicely done. Bravo. Welcome, Tom. He's our author. Is there anything you'd like to say to our players? Bravo. Um, you guys, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear yeah, you. I can hear you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. For more information about Quarantine Players, visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash quarantine players. As Shakespeare said in Julius Caesar, if we do meet again, why, we shall smile. If not, why then, this party was well made.